2: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
0: Brace yourselves for a normal horror, because the call of Cthulhu Mystery Program has returned. Yes. Nerdy Show's beloved RPG audio drama of
3: black comedy and Lovecraftian horror is back with an all-new series, a chilling tale called The Terrible Secret of Lot X. Head to CthulhuMystery.com or find the Call of Cthulhu Mystery program wherever you procure fine podcasts.
0: Succumb to the maddening call of Cthulhu.
1: Drag is the new Spandex. What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBear here. We are back, back, back again for another Drag is the New Spandex All Stars 5 Rootcap Edition. I am joined by Brian. Hello. And by Eric. Hello. Hey, we can hear you.
3: Hooray. Huzzah.
1: I love it. All right. So we are not going to waste any time with shenanigans. Tomfoolery, or Riga Morris. And we are going to get Morris. right... Who's Morris? Why is he so rigorous? <laughs> uh, if you couldn't tell, I, I may have watched that episode of uh, All-Stars 2 recently. <laughs> so we are... Uh, the last time that we convened here, we discussed episodes 4 and 5. Episode 5 being the Snatch Game of Love. And we talked about how amazingly... Interesting and funny, Alexis was maybe not spot on for Walter, but hysterical nonetheless. We talked about the sensible thermostat that Jujube has set for Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. <laughs> I would like the world to know that my thermostat is set at a sensible 74 degrees right now. Um, because my apparently my electric bill was like twice the amount for this past month, and I don't know how that happened. So it is now at a sensible 74. It might have to go to, to a sensible 78 because a bitch <laughs> don't got money for that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My fat ass could not live in a house that was at 78 degrees all the time.
0: I was going to say that's surprising.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah. Although, I mean, at least in Chicago, it's not as humid as Orlando was. So, you Girl, know, it, it, just, wait August.
0: it just broke the 80s yesterday here.
1: Listen. I feel like I'm in the wrong part of the country.
0: <laughs> it, it is amazing. But
1: yeah. Well, Holiday Heart is here to tell you. I'm so, oh. Is that ninety
0: ninety 91? <laughs> 91. And it's, and it's what time right now in the East Coast? Uh, it's almost 7? So it's it's 6.30. Woohoo. Sun's still mm. shining.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, ma'am. Still playing in the street melting from the God. coronavirus and the amazingness of Shea Coulee as Flavor Flav. Ms. Shea Coulee took the win and eliminated Ms. India Farah, who wanted to make sure that all the girls knew the four H's. I- <sighs> well, it depends on which which four H's or which four H club you belong to, because I've heard three different versions at this point. But according to India, it is humble, heart, happy, and honest. Or if you ask Rue, there was one missing, and it was go home. Or if you listen to Race Chaser, they just take out the last two and include Holiday Heart. <laughs> it was funny when they were talking about. They were like, "Who mentioned Holiday Heart?" And I just yelled at my speaker, "Sonique, Sonique did." <laughs> oh. they still haven't gone back and, and addressed that. I need to. I need to write in. To uh, racechaserpodcast at gmail and remind them that Sony brought up holiday heart.
0: Just make sure you send your nudes, otherwise <laughs> they won't care.
1: Uh, no, they they addressed that and said that nudes are not required. Oh, they just get you priority boarding.
0: <laughs> of
1: course. Good questions and nudes, or uh, what is it? Good questions and nudity get you priority boarding. After armed service and families. So <laughs> India, who is since then did a an interview with, I believe it was um, Orlando's own watermark, and discussed her time on the show. And they asked her about the so called campaigning. And she flat out said that. It was after all the voting was done when Mayhem and Alexis asked her if she voted Shay out. So really, bitch, sold her down the river for nothing.
0: EW did an interview with her as well. And yeah, it was like, wait a minute.
1: Maybe Maybe it was EW, but then Watermark um, shared the story as well. Because I know I saw a link with with Watermark attached to it. So it might have been using... The excerpt from uh, Entertainment Weekly.
0: Yeah, and it was just like, wait a minute, it, it, like you said, it's like that's after the fact, so you weren't campaigning to vote. I, the whole thing is just so bewildering and uh, unfortunate. Because <laughs> I love India, but I'm like, girl, why would you go out on that kind of nonsense? Like she was just hoping to not go out.
3: That was yeah, the whole thing.
0: That was such she a. She was just Mary. trying to
3: twist it so it works for her. You know, you can, you can you can use statistics to mean whatever you want them to
0: mean they they do that in the government in
3: the media
1: anywho so india does sashay away and that brings us to episode number 6 we are at the charles family backyard ball we have no mini challenge again I feel like there's no mini-challenges at all normally during... Well, no.
3: That's so Other true. than the rating challenge.
1: But in All-Stars 2, they did have mini-challenges. And 3 and 4 are just yes. such a blur in my head. Because they had um butt-butt golf. I remember that. With the Andrew mm-hmm. Christian boys. And the the balls swinging between their legs. So, alright. I feel confident in saying, there's no mini-challenge.
3: <laughs> I think they know with the All-Stars that the All-Stars know how to give enough to the cameras that they don't have to come up with ways to fill the time.
1: Or they're realizing that these girls are just going to be shady enough that um, they they don't need to worry about it. They'll get some extra footage later on. I would love it if they actually all did, did have mini challenges, just none of them made it to the screen. <laughs> so... They all come back into the workroom. They go over the lipsticks. Obviously, India did not vote for herself. She voted for Alexis. But everybody else did vote for India. So we say goodbye to Miss Farah And uh, move on to a new day in the workroom. Miss RuPaul gives a cleverly worded message about play cousins and all the rest of the family. And then comes in, insert door squeak sound here. And talks to them about their maxi challenge, which is a ball that only has two looks. RuPaul, why are you so motherfucking blurry? And second, (laughs) why are there only two looks? This is like the um, Stanky the Starfish challenge from season nine. Where they had to do that versus a real ball. And it kind of made me sad.
3: Yeah, you you'll have 3 looks when there's 11 people.
1: So you have to judge <laughs> 33 looks.
3: But when you're down to 5 people, it's only 2 looks. Right? The math right? does not add up.
1: <laughs> For real. And I loved it cuz I was I finally caught myself up on Race Chaser and they were like, "Well, maybe they didn't have enough time. Or maybe an hour and a half isn't enough." And I wanted to yell at this at my my speaker and go, "They've done 33 looks before." <laughs> And didn't they do one with the top 12 did the ball or something like that? Was it has it been 11?
0: It's been up there. Yeah, cuz I remember it taking fucking forever. I think it was, yeah, it, was cause, it was the UK Drag Race that did a lot early.
1: Well, they, they only, only had 10 contestants. Was ball ball? I know season 11 had 11 contestants in the think ball, think ball challenge.
3: Where is? Season right?
1: That's 11. No, that was 10. No, I think I oh, I I know that 10, I know that 11 had 11 people, because I was with, um, not Honey Mahogany, uh, Honey Davenport. And they had 11 contestants. I feel like Season 12 might have had 12 people in the ball challenge. Mm. Whatever, Whatever the case is, they could have done more. They could have given them the time. But they did have to create a look from scratch, out of backyard, barbecue, unconventional items and in addition to that they had to do country cousin realness they had to be become manifest themselves into one of rupaul's play cousins and give a he oh i'm sorry a she hilarious backstory as to why they are rupaul's good play cousin from the Brewster projects
3: And had to bring something to the barbecue, too, apparently.
1: Oh, they had to bring it to the runway. Runway. Oh, sorry. Bring it to the the ball. (laughs) Bring it to the picnic. So, we get the walk through. Were there any uh, standout moments from the walk through for any of you? I mean, there were lots of tears shed.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was was a very emotional episode. It was. I don't know. I I think Jujubee's story kind of was a little more touching. I think Shays was just kind of a continuation of her entire season's arc of basically getting over season nine.
0: If I hear her comp- I mean, I hate not being sympathetic to this, but oh my <laughs> god, why
1: are you using
0: that as your core
1: trauma? Just- well, she started with her dad dying. That's yeah. and
3: oh, then that's a week legit.
1: L- and then a week later her sister dying. <laughs> I mean It's a big core trauma. Like all of that is season nine wrapped up into one big thing. Because I mean, honestly, it was, you know, her dad dying right before she went to film and then her sister dying a week later and then going to film this. And then, you know, it it all seemed like it was connected. My heart broke when she talked about her dad and her sister. I I get it. I'm kind of with you, Brian. Like, I love Shay. But yeah, if I hear about them rose petals, one what's well, up?
0: and that's the thing, like it's like who is it that um when Jan was upset that her friend went home but really oh. she was upset she lost? Oh, oh, that that was for Britta, yeah. For Britta. In yeah. this same way, Shay's valid I mean, very validly like upset right before filming that her, her, her family is like dying. That's that's a, like a trauma for anybody. And then the fact that she loses to uh to uh Oh my god, what's her name? Sasha. Sasha, thank you. Wow. Like, that's like, that's not, that's like, oh, you lost. And and when I went back and rewatched it, just just so I could remind myself. She did a great job. Shay was fantastic. But she, so she didn't, like, she didn't lose. Sasha won. Sasha, like, killed it. And, like, that was a moment that is unique among all finales. So, like, you didn't, I mean, she should be very proud of what she did. And the whole thing gets conflated, I'm sure, with her tragic family stuff, but really it's the family stuff I think that she should be. But I, I don't think,
3: um, I think, I think if it had just been that night and she had lost it and that event was not really referenced past the season, she could have let it go a lot easier than what she had said during um, the prom runway when she said that the fans kept drilling it into her meet and greet after meet and greet after meet and greet after meet and greet. Like and
0: ugh, that
3: that, does that? Just, and then you just don't have the time to get over it, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think I mean I I absolutely understand and agree with the fact that Sasha won the lip sync. From my perspective of what Shay has been saying is, she had been doing so well and been and been praised so much and won so many challenges that basically it was a matter of all she had to do was step on the stage and she and she wins and she even i think said this she knew and she felt that she bombed that night that she didn't put on her best performance and that was the first part of the 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 trauma was that this here was something that was basically put into her hand and she messed up and sasha didn't sasha brought you know brought her a game where uh shay brought her b or b plus game and then eric like you're saying everybody that went to these meet and greets was like
3: rose petals
1: and it just made it a whole like a whole combination plus her dad and her sister like you know so yeah i i get it but at the same time yeah it's it's one of those things where you're just like okay I don't, like, I get it, but it's that one point that they keep showing us in the footage. It's kind of like when they wanted to send Jiggly Caliente home and kept on editing in uh Very San tropez like 13 times into the episode, even though she only said it one time.
3: (laughs) But it was Very San tropez
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. After they talked about that on Race Chaser, I, I, I watched that episode and I listened and I was like, wow. That really is the exact same quote. The one time she said it on camera in the walkthrough, and they just put edited that sound clip into other parts of the show. And I was like, "That's crazy, too funny." So they, uh, those were really the two big like standout moments. I think overall in the the walkthrough, um, seeing Rue break down and when Juju was talking about going to her meetings, and it, it, it's it's great. And I think we talked about this when we talked about the uh, first episode. It's amazing to see these kind of conversations on a mainstream program. As much as Drag Race is supposed to be counterculture and and not mainstream, the show is mainstream now. So to see them talking about um, sobriety and meetings of that nature, I think is amazing to actually see that on television because it normalizes Going and getting help. And that's something that should be normalized within our society. It shouldn't, there should be no qualms about, like, oh, you're going to get mental help or you're going to get uh, help for addiction. Why would that be stigmatized? So I, I appreciated that very much.
0: Yeah. And I think it's a necessary message, I think, because so many drag queens and other people who work in the bars, you know, as we know firsthand, like, have terrible destructive issues with drinking and and other substances. So I'm thrilled that they've addressed it multiple times in the season. I think they should, you know, not, you don't be heavy handed about it, but I, I'm glad to see that they're, uh, they're, uh, sharing that message.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, and they did it with, uh, Blair and her DUI mayhem and her multiple DUIs and how, you know, she was the queen of the party and that meant she had to be the one that was doing the most. And it, it is, it is nice to see these messages getting out there to the world. So bravo to them for at least including those types of storylines. There are other things that they should be including as well, but those make it to the cutting room floor and not to our televisions. But that's a topic for another time. <laughs> so the, the girls don't all have a lot of sewing experience. And by that, I mean crafting and construction as well, because they talk about not uh, making their outfits. So you have Alexis who does. Uh, Shay talks about her uh, degree that she went to school for. And uh, in a very Bianca Del Rio-esque fashion, Shay went around and was helping all the girls with their outfits, which was really cool to see. The sisterhood and camaraderie.
3: Although I was a little worried it was going to turn into like an Asia O'Hare version of it, where he was going to come back to her in the end. But luckily, it it didn't. Too bad.
1: No, for sure.
0: It was very positive. It it didn't hurt her performance, and it was lovely that they all that they both credited her. That was really nice. Absolutely. And
3: it looked it looked like it was unprompted, but you can't totally tell that way one way or the other.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna let you see what they want you to see, but it was definitely nice. It wasn't one of those, uh, was it BB that uh, on All Stars 3, where they were talking, where they praised, the judges praised BB's look, and it was uh, somebody else that like helped her put it all together because oh, she didn't yeah, sew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so. I can't remember who that was now, but. Yeah, I don't remember. I barely remember who was on All Stars 3. <laughs> It was only like a year and a half or two years ago, but it I seems just like... watched Trixie's um
0: look back, yeah, of I her looks, too. yeah, that was like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot she didn't lip sync against um Shangela. she lip synced against Kennedy.
1: oh, how could you forget that?
0: I don't know, I just it's <laughs> been like years, well, it feels like it's been decades, you know, but um yeah, it was it was it was a good reminder of all of that.
1: Remember, remember back sixty years ago in January when we were all watching The Witcher.
0: <laughs>
1: oh. yeah, yeah. No, and I, I forgot that I forgot that Trixie had like done well and actually had a couple of like wins and top placements during the season. Maybe not wins because she didn't win a lip sync until the end. Uh but she was in the top two a couple of times. And I'm like, yeah. all right, yeah. Like if, for as much as people want to uh, shit talk as3 and the fact that you know oh it shouldn't have been trixie at the end or whatever she did not do badly like they, you know anywho and if you watch that go go and watch her um season seven video where she looks back more years and looks at her all-star uh her season seven looks that was fun as well <laughs> i forgot about the thumb i forgot about it until i was watching that video and then it's when still she would... on my
0: phone, like his little meme. I just
1: going rip out.
3: <laughs> and then she talks about how Sarge yelled at her afterwards.
1: <laughs> you, you piece of shit! <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> I'm like, and I love the fact that Sarge has become so like popular within the, the fandom that when you say Sarge, you know exactly <laughs> who she's talking about. Oh, Wintergreen, how we love you! Let's head out to the runway. Runway, bring it to the runway runway i don't have all of their little names and whatnot here but let us discuss their looks their co- let's start with their country cousin looks uh let's start with She this is not in the order that they appeared on your runway on your tv screen but this is how i'm going to talk about them i forgot uh grandrea was her character from season nine
3: I did, too, until it was the um, judges' critique, I think, after they had gone back to the workroom and they were talking it through. And I was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that challenge that they did way back then.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Continuity about among these characters is key for the demographics.
1: Seriously, which makes me worried about this trivia event that we're going to be doing here in a little bit. <laughs> So um I thought the I thought her country cousin look was cute. Um apparently she had a uh a, a Tweety bird on the back of this shirt and mm-hmm. they weren't gonna let her wear it because of uh trademark. So she did the entire runway facing forward and walked backward uh walked backwards off the stage, keeping her her face front to the camera. So that just that took it that next little step for me. And I loved it. I thought she was, and I'm going to say it, she, like, that is her, that, she is a queen of color where this whole scenario is suited to her perfectly. And she utilized every asset and everything that she had to make it funny and just fun.
3: Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that the whole airbrushed Rip shirts was a thing until i listened to race chaser and Willem in alaska talked about it being a thing
1: it's a northeastern type of thing because it wasn't as big but in certain areas and certain communities uh where i'm where i'm from in new york it was the same thing very much the airbrush t-shirt pad of the uh the mid-90s yeah i also
3: liked that um, because I don't think that when she brought the shirt here, it had the ruffle of the gingham on it. If you look at her pants in her next outfit, it's that same material. So I think she added that to that shirt.
0: Let me tell you about that material. she's be
3: making for the second runway, which I think is really smart on her. And to have that continuity between the two looks.
0: She, she has, she has so much of that material when I saw her in Chicago, which I think it was in August, I don't know if that's, but it was after they filmed. She had another outfit using that same gingham. So, girl likes her blue gingham.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she probably stole it from filming All-Stars, because that's that's the material that they had to use. You know, that was the unconventional uh, material. So, okay, then, yeah. yeah. So, um, funny story, uh, when I was listening, or catching up, I think, on Race Chaser... We were talking about her uh, her entrance look and that material. And remember how we were, we were saying, oh, well, maybe she brought extra or whatever. And that was what they put up on the wall in the, um, the room challenge. Yeah. It more than likely was because that was her material for her dragcon con booth. So she probably yeah. had a shit ton of that material and utilized it and probably brought it with her maybe to make something else or if she needed to fix anything. And probably was like, "Hey, let's go ahead and use this because it is reminiscent of the banana leaf pattern that the Golden Girls would use." And I just have to say that, um, I, I, when I have a couple extra dollars, I'm totally going to Shea Coulee's website and web store and buying the new Shea Coulee shirt that is the big ass lips with the little drip coming out in that same pattern, and a portion of the proceeds go to Black Lives Matter. Um, uh organizations. Oh, cool. Apparently, they all went out at the same time because a bunch of people on my Facebook feed all were posting the same day that their shirt came in. I was like, ooh, okay. I like this. I'm going to have to find it. All right. Let's talk about the country cousin look for Ms. Cracker. What did y'all think about her?
3: I like it. I mean, I thought it went along well with the voiceover that she did. Um, it does look a little um Stevie Nicks. Well, I was gonna say more misty day from the color so, season. But so like yeah, you, so you
1: so Stevie Nicks.
0: Like, <laughs> like old Stevie,
1: Stevie Nicks. Nicks. Uh or as uh as they said on Race Chaser, um uh, when Gaga was the witch in the woods. <laughs> yeah. So all connected to that, that witchy um American horror story look. It's I not I wish she
3: had had a necklace though. She could have had some sort of like turquoise <laughs> something.
1: I think she was supposed to be like that poor trailer trash play cousin. So having anything like that would have made it too expensive-y looking. So I think that I I, I can understand why there is no jewelry. She could put a, like a dream catcher on her uh her ample chest area here. I mean That would have been interesting. Or at least had it like in her hair or something. I don't know. I I liked
0: it. I liked her performance more than anything on this. The look is fine, but the whole thing worked really well.
1: Yeah, I loved her her voiceover. I didn't, I wasn't in love with this look. There's nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't something that was like, that jumped out at me and was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Amber. (laughs) Pink. <laughs> Ms. Juju B and that forty-seven foot hat that she had on. <laughs> I mean, this is—it's all about the hat. I mean, you—you you really don't
3: care about anything else she's wearing because of that hat. Um, <laughs> but again, to me, the—the the voiceover and how she worked the runway while that was going was more impressive than what she was wearing. I think
1: I loved. I love the whole outfit. I love those short, short jean shorts with the ribs with it unbuttoned with the, uh, you got the shoes, the hooker shoes where the one strap is broken. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that she brought uh potato salad with raisins and her extra special ingredient, MSG. Like, I loved it all. Honestly, I I was in love with this whole thing. This whole presentation package from Miss B. You know what she gives? Good mouth. <laughs> Has nothing is, to do with here, but just reminding everybody. This is really my favorite look of all of them, I think. She,
0: I, I mean, I just overall, like, I mean, I like Crackers. She's doing well. That's fine. Shea is a constant professional, but like, I feel like Juju's just really dialed in in most of the looks and performances on average more than anyone else. But, I, I don't know. I'm this, this, this uh, absolutely, and in her uh, eleganza look, we'll talk about. We're both really solid.
1: Absolutely. All right, let's talk about Miss Darlene Connor. Oh no, sorry, just Darlene <laughs> Blair St. Clair and her country cousin look. What y'all think?
3: I mean, this was a little triggering for me as somebody from the Midwest. <laughs> I mean, not from Indiana, Sp- Specifically, but from rural Illinois, like, I identify with this look. Um, So I think the look sold kind of white trash cousin to the barbecue for me. Um, I just don't think her writing is as strong. And the way she portrayed herself on the runway, I don't think was as strong as the first three people we've talked about.
1: Yeah, I would have to agree with you. Brian, any thoughts? Uh, I think she looks
0: trashy, and I think it is perfect. But her performance, obviously, not as strong as the rest. But also, it's a little weird because,
3: like, if you look from the thighs up, that is very, looks very poor to me. But if you look at those thigh-high boots, yeah, thigh-high boots are in and of themselves kind of trashy and hookery. But those are not cheap thigh-high boots, Those look like expensive thigh-high boots. So it kind of throws off the whole cheap look to have something expensive on her feet like that.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with you. Her lower half in her Eleganza look looks cheaper than the bottom half of her in her country cousin look.
0: I'm trying Mm -hmm. to imagine if you swap bottoms what that would look like there.
1: Oh, that would still be bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's not working, but it's amusing. We need to have that... They need to put the queens up and let you swap like parts. Oh my make, god. Like, the the drag queen Frankenstein.
1: Like you know? uh in Super Mario Bros. 3 in the, yep. the, the roulette game as the, the yeah. pieces of the top, middle, and bottom go spinning by. <laughs> yes! I love it. <laughs> Somebody get on that uh developing that app, because I will totally download it. And uh last but not least, uh Carmencita. Ms. Alexis Mateo and her country cousin look?
3: I've heard both Race Chaser and... um, The... uh, Tudor boot, whatever that is.
1: uh, Uh, Fashion photo review?
3: Yeah. uh, Say, if you're going to do a reveal, what's underneath the reveal is supposed to look better than what's on top of the reveal. And her second wig... Did not look good at all. And did not go with that dress, I didn't think.
1: No, but it went with her character more. Because I will tell you, a Spanish country cousin coming to the barbecue would have hair like that. They would not have the pink hair. They would have that short, curly hair. The dress should have changed into something else. But I I wasn't mad about the second wig. Yes, for the drag competition-wise, I could understand it, but I understood why she used that wig for that quote-unquote reveal of, like, on the weekends, I'm a salsa dancer or whatever. Like, that definitely gives me more Puerto Rican woman than the first one, the the pheromone wig that she was wearing. But I do agree. The pheromone wig was a better wig, mm-hmm. Um. I just and, and I read or was it Ray Chaser was talking about like fall, uh, falling back on stereotypes or maybe it was somebody on my Facebook feed that was talking about it and it is very much going back to that the the Hispanic stereotypes I am also a little bit of the mindset of if that's your heritage and your background and you're doing comedy yeah it's a crutch but if anybody's going to be allowed to use it Alexis is allowed to use it because that's pulling from her own you know or or even you know we talk about like those microaggressions with something wrong and reclaiming some of those bits and pieces of it or whatnot like it it, it wasn't it definitely was not the best for me, but
3: but I mean if you look at all the other contestants for their first runway, they were all leaning back on stereotypes for their cultures.
1: Very I mean, good point. Blair
3: and Ms. Cracker were very white trash.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Juju had the, uh, the Asian with the MSG and all of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it, it's, it's an easy way to go. And when you only have a short period of time to come up with these lines and these stories and whatnot, that is the quickest and easiest way to craft a, a, a funny narrative, is mm-hmm. doing it that way.
3: That was almost the prompt for this first runway. You, you look at what they're celebrating. That's
1: what they were supposed to do. You're not wrong about that. I, I will have to say that. You're you're not wrong about it. Uh, so, so yeah. I, I have mixed emotions and mixed feelings about um, all of that stuff. But I, I think, at the end of the day, I don't think that she was the worst um, at all on, on this runway. But she definitely wasn't the best. So, let us go back. To the runway. Category is Backyard Eleganza. This is their crafted garments at All Stars using unconventional materials that you would find in a backyard picnic or the like. Miss Shea Coulee looking like Beyonce ready to come down the runway and marry Jay-Z all over again. What did you think of Shea Coulee's backyard eleganza
3: I guess I, I don't, just don't have the eye for this outfit but I don't think it looks
1: good So yeah no Shay
0: on the same page I thought that this is very um very just okay it didn't do anything it wasn't it wasn't innovative it just cuz yeah to me
3: this could have almost been like what she could have used for the first look in that it's very country, cousin, backyard, wedding, to me, it doesn't scream the eleganza part of it.
1: Yeah. And maybe that's
3: where I'm just missing my fashion eye
1: in this. I will say this. The fact that I believe her entire um, top portion of her outfit is all napkins. And I believe that um, the gingham that we were referencing earlier is um like the plastic lawn chair material or like the um like a vinyl bag i i give props for the construction of the outfit and all of that sure. with with the um the veil pulled over her shoulders like she walked the runway i didn't think it looked that well the picture that we're looking at now with it pulled back i like it a lot more because it's not it's not encompassing her mm-hmm. where on the runway it, it had that feel of like, it was very cocooned yeah. and it it seemed like everything was just all together. When you give it the chance to breathe, you see the breaks in her skin because she is a darker skin tone. It, it offsets so much white that she's wearing through the blue and white, um, gingham and the top and the veil. Um, so I, I at least appreciate that a bit more. But, I mean, it was what it was. Um, Ms. Cracker and her backyard eleganza and her shuttlecocks. I think
3: this was really well made. I think she definitely has a way with working with unconventional materials and building a garment. I do, and I understand why Spider-Alert, she ended up winning this challenge. Um... Yeah. But to me and I don't know if it's just because of the deep V, but it just she looks so boy chested right here. And and I understand drag playing with gender, whatever, but I don't get feminine at all. Like I obviously there's a skirt, but the illusion is lost on me because of the way that the chest is made. We gotta the... <laughs> be
0: careful though, because there are women who are feminine, who have flat chests. So I understand
3: that because like fashion models are completely flat chested,
0: And and exactly. So, I mean, I agree though, Eric, I do agree that I don't know that the V, the deep V and then that like, yeah, flat, I don't know that it works regardless of how feminine it is. I think it's, that's the part I struggle with. I love the shuttlecocks on her shoes. I love her craftsmanship. I mean, she does a great job, but, uh, I don't think this would have been my choice for the, the winning look,
1: and and I'll say this in in agreement with what Eric was saying. Like, and I totally get what you're saying, Brian. As far as not pigeonholing femininity into one one thing, a lot of what we see with drag, especially lately, has been no titties. I mean, even Alexis has gone away from the the breastplate or the titty bib, as as you may call it. Um, But when you're, when you're doing such a, a hyper feminized version or an over the top version, even having some, um, uh, contouring or something to like, extend, like just, it's, it's something that, especially from the South, um, aspect of drag and what we see a lot of the times, well, and especially in Florida, a lot of our drag, um, queens are, trans women so there was a lot of that and i mean we've all seen sassy divine so we see we've seen some tickle bitties but uh but yeah i i thought it was a cute look um i think i don't know there's been something about crackers chest proportions with her outfits that have been weird it seems like her her torso is much shorter mm-hmm. in this outfit Similar to what we were talking about in, with one of our other ones, where the the bra portion seemed off as to where it sat on her. So I I, I don't I don't know. It was a cute look. Anytime I can use shuttlecocks, I'm down.
3: I, I think it might be like her waist, if it had been cinched a little more, because she looks very boy shoulders in this. I think that's what it is for me. That's that's throwing it off compared to chest and waist.
1: Yeah, and I mean it's tough because if you're if you're not wearing a corset or you're not able to put something on that's going to cinch you in, it you're going to have that proportion in in an outfit and when you're creating an outfit like this and there is so much exposed skin, you can't really put any type of waist cincher on. I agree. Let's talk about B and her melons. I love this. It just looks so cute
3: and fun and flirty and summertime. And it goes with the wig. I love the wig. Um, I love that she made herself a little bag. Because a lady's got to have a handbag. Got to uh-huh. walk into the barbecue purse first. first. You know? <laughs> um, I mean, obviously the construction wasn't... I mean... The only place you can show a defect really is the seam because that's all there is to the garment is that one seam because it's just a tube of fabric. But uh, she looks good in it and walked well in it, I thought.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think this is my favorite look. And even though there is an imperfection in the craftsmanship, given that she's very, very vocal about not being good at this challenge and, and, and the struggle she had, Like, I think it's the best realized. I think it's the, like, I mean, Crackers is good, and we have other issues with her look, but, like, Juju just looks the theme
1: through and through. You know? I think my biggest issue with most of these outfits is when you include the word eleganza, Mm -hmm. I expect it to be of a certain caliber, and when you're constructing it on premises with unconventional materials and actually I won't even say that because we, we've seen some looks that I would consider Eleganza from unconventional materials Brooklyn Heights um, but it none of these looks really felt like oh my god this is like high fashion and as much as I love this look and don't get me wrong I love this look it feels in a sense not as High fashion, because I, I get
3: that it looks more ready to wear than fashion,
1: but it's still fantastic, and she fucking yep. rocked it. So, yep. it, and and honestly, when everybody kind of hits that same note for me, then I don't fault the queen for it, and I kind of in my mind judge it all on that same level. You know, if if one queen was like, um, go back to season. Three when they were doing the um, cake couture, the face 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 of cakes challenge, and it was supposed to be the cake uh, the cake couture outfit. And Stacy Lane Matthews had that like red velvet, basically like jumpsuit off the shoulder. Yeah, that like, and she was the only one that didn't really make like a, a high concept look. That's different. Then I go, okay, you misunderstood the challenge, uh, or your taste is not at that same level when they're all. Good and all, kind of look crafty, quote unquote. <laughs> then I say, okay, well then maybe the challenge is bad. <laughs> maybe maybe the prompts should be a, a rewarded a little bit differently. Like I would have seen this as like the second category, and then them their eleganza look should have been something that they were prompted to bring that would have been of a higher caliber. I think that's how I look at it. Moving on to the fashion girl, Blair St. Clair. What are your takes on this outfit that almost fell off of her as she walked off the runway?
3: (laughs) I honestly think that this outfit looked better walking the runway than it does in this picture right here. Mm -hmm. Because I don't When she was walking the runway, I don't remember it just looking like a purple diaper.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna I was I was thought I figured that's where you were going with it, because It really looks like a diaper with a tail. Yeah,
3: and like, I don't... Obviously, it's a still photograph, but it just looks like there's no motion to the kind of half-skirt thing that she has that she made. But and to me, this... She fell into... And I gotta go back to Project Runway now, uh, but whenever they do an unconventional materials challenge... They always say, don't just take the object that is fabric, quote unquote, and make something out of it, because then you haven't really transformed anything.
1: Like Like, Brooklyn Heights?
3: (laughs) She at least had the orange slices. I mean, true. But yeah, um, I think that was one of the reasons that Brooklyn was safe that week. um, (laughs) No, at At least you saw all the construction that Shay put into what she did. And yes, Cracker used that gingham tablecloth to make a skirt, but the way she used the shuttlecocks all over the place on hers, the way Juju had at least cut out those watermelon slices from that one mat or whatever it was and kind of built a ruffle. But to me, Blair just took two pieces of fabric, a personal, well, three, because there's just the plain pink, there's the the kind of plaid piece, and then a purple piece, and kind of sewed three pieces of fabric together. And then this was the result. I just don't think it's a very successful
1: look overall. I agree. And the fact that it wasn't holding up to walking the runway, to me, was a, a big... Um, strike against the look because if you're going to put it together and you're going to walk the runway, it needs to be able to walk the runway. That's just, that's I think my biggest thing. Any hot takes, Brian?
0: Nope. Okay. Got
1: it. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so moving on to the final backyard eleganza look. Let's talk about Alexis Mateo. I love this look. What did y'all think?
3: I think the Has, way she
1: fed, she used,
3: um, what was the the white and red
1: checkerboard
3: thing Was that napkins?
1: Those were thing? solo cups, weren't
3: they? Well, there's a lot of solo cups in there, but then there's also, like, it's either napkins or pieces of a tablecloth that's also sewed yeah. in uh, around the cups, um, to look a little more fabric-y, but, um... Then with the white trimming, the way she used that, that's all really good. I think she just got tripped up by her idea of the pool. Like, I think the pool is a neat thing to use, but its proportions are way off compared to the rest of the dress. And I don't know if it's just because of where she stopped the gown to then flare out. But it's just like this huge hoop, and then she's very small in the middle. I I like. The, I mean, it. like she I think looks it, beautiful, like yeah, from I think her, her knees up.
0: It it works up up until that point, and I'm looking at it like, could you take the pool out, and still go with pretty much everything else? You have to obviously bring in a lot of the fabric, but. I think there's a version of this that actually would be really amazing and breathtaking. And she would have nailed it. She would have won. But yeah, as much as I love the pool gimmick, and I the proportions they don't bother me as much and the the picture we're looking at, it's not that bad. But walking, I remember it was just really hard. Like it literally almost trips her up in in many ways. Um But yeah, it's such a shame such a shame because she really had a great idea, and seventy-five percent of the dress is, is is beautiful. It's really well executed.
1: I don't know what y'all are talking about. I love this dress. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I get what I get. What you all are saying, I get what the critiques were. I don't. I see. I don't find it as off-putting where it is, and and where it cuts her off around the knee. Like I just. I don't know. I love the outfit. I love the hair. I love the fact that um, she decided that if she was going to go to RuPaul's backyard barbecue, she was going to wear the most. And when it comes down to an eleganza look, this to me is the closest thing to like an eleganza look. And I mean, I I get that this in no way, shape, or form saves her mediocre performance in the first part of it. But I, I just I. I don't know i I enjoyed it. I personally give this a toot, not a shoot, think, but a toot.
0: I, I think mean, I would give it a toot overall, but like i I do agree with Eric that there's problems i mean but, i don't boot I don't
3: boot this look at all, and i um this is probably my second favorite that walked the runway of the eleganza looks i I do think that cracker edged her out for me but i think that this is my second favorite of the looks i think she was very successful in it i just that bottom the the pool i think what she just was so happy to use the pool and i think i think it threw off her kind of critical eye looking at it i think because if she had started if she had just raised up where that cut was going to be to Like, instead of down by her knees, if it was closer up to her hips where it started to flare out to the pool, it would have changed what the gown was. I understand that it w- she would have had to rework the bottom of it, but I think it could have been more successful and the proportions would have been a little better.
1: But see, I go the other way with it. And I think it, she should have lowered it and made it less of a, uh, of a giant flare at the bottom. And it should have been, and it had been, had it made it almost like the, the bottom, uh, of a hoop skirt where like that was the ring at the bottom mm-hmm. and she was able to like, but then she would have had to be able to bend over, bend down far enough to be able to pick that a you know, little bit up and show it. It, it. It's, it's a tough call, but I, I get everybody's critiques and I'm, I'm, you know, really just trying to be funny to, to, <laughs> you know, be that, that condescending voice in the room, but you know, I, 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 I get it. I still love the look overall. So the winner of the challenge is Ms. Cracker. And again, if you were not the top all-star, they're all bottoms. <laughs> which, as Willem pointed out, um, her ex-boyfriend was in male pageantry, which means that she is not a bottom. She is most definitely a top. Uh, <laughs> <Bam. I> d- <laughs> Sickening, no. I, I when she said that on the podcast, I damn near lost my mind because I was like, oh, no, that is correct. And Alexis is a top. So, I mean, not that I know, but I've been in dressing rooms and they talk. Uh, <laughs> anywho. <laughs> so Cracker is the winner. Um they all have their deliberations, and I just I don't understand. Why everybody is all like Blair has so much to show where she has not been like considered a top all star uh, or like at least in the top when there there was multiple top queens many times. She bombed the snatch game like there's all this talk and then everybody's like, well, Alexis really should go. Because it, but she's been like high in every single challenge. And was probably in the top three of the the six of them for Snatch Game. Like, it it just seems so lopsided. So we're either not seeing something that they don't want us to see. or, Or they just really did not want to have Alexis there.
3: I really think that the India stuff, I don't think necessarily... It's hard to say in the moment because when you're cut off from all society for the number of days they had been, you get spooked by your own shadow, I would imagine. And when you can't talk to anyone else about it, anyone that that's not involved in the situation, to kind of give a nuanced or er, another point of view, maybe they were still all freaked out by it. Yeah. But and- I think it was more so they saw oh, this is a way we can... Alexis is a very formidable competition. Yeah. Whereas, we know the three of us can beat Blair in just about anything. But Alexis, she could be a bigger contender for the
1: crown. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I can definitely see that. And this was the first time that it was uh, more of a, okay, let's take out this competitor versus you were the worst. Mm-hmm and that people didn't get all up in arms about it. And I I mean there was me at my house sitting there going, I knew she was going home, but god damn it, why did it have to happen? <laughs> but knowing I I knew the outcome of the next episode, so I was like, "Oh, okay, well, I mean, it was going to happen this way one way or the other. It was either it was it was going to be flipped no matter what."
3: I I mean, I don't I don't think if Alexis had made it to the top 4 with the challenge, I can't see her doing amazing in the stand-up challenge to the point where she would have won that challenge.
1: Mm-mm. No, I agree with you. That's why I say it was it was it it would have been flipped regardless had Alexis made it through because she did well on, on season three in the comedy challenge. Mm-hmm. But they also faulted her for going to the well and the, the, oh, honey, oh, honey, or, you know, like having that crutch. I remember that being one of Michelle's critiques of her. Um, during that challenge. So, I don't think she would have made top three with the way this went. Uh But unfortunately, she went home, I think, an episode earlier than, in my opinion, she should have. So, we get our lip sync, Assassin. She put the ass in Assassin. Thick and juicy. Yes, ma'am. Ms. Roxy Andrews, one of the first ones that I really feel... Was could be considered a lip sync assassin on this season. Mm -hmm. Like, she is that, that tier of just performer, in my opinion. Um, not just for the, like, in general, but in the show's history and all of that. Like, I think this was definitely worth it. Um, and they do one last time by Ariana Grande, and through Roxy's multiple outfit reveals, she wipes the floor. With Miss Cracker, no skippo for you this time, Miss Cracker. Are we
0: at all surprised that? I mean, because Cracker is not formidable as a lip synker and she'd be probably, she'd probably admit it. But yeah, Roxy with the gimmick, which you know, the thick and juicy, and and the moves, and the whole the whole thing, and she she there was no there was no situation, no performance that would happen that she wouldn't win that, you know.
1: No, I, I 100% agree with you And my favorite was when Willem was like, if I had seen Roxy come out, I'd have just sat on the stage and pulled out the dollars.
0: <laughs> like, this is the... Okay, so I like the idea of Lips and consassin, right? I think it's a cool gimmick. It's kind of, you know, whatever. It, it allows you to bring back more queens, which is, you know, good for a lot of people. But I feel like the way they deploy these and the way they... I, and I know that they, they put them out. They, probably, they have to put out the call ahead of time. I think. So it's not like you could say, alright, well, who do we want to match with who? Yeah. But at the same time, there's a certain element where you're like, oh, that's never going to... You no, know, there's no way. Now, I say that now with this episode. The next episode, it's 100% the opposite. So, remind the,
3: the viewer... The, listener, the, the, the next episode, a, gr- a travesty happened. <laughs> and,
0: well, yeah, somebody didn't... Somebody who showed up didn't show up.
3: Well, no, I think there was it was way produced.
1: Oh, yeah. The the problem is that you put a dancing queen with a story based song
3: on the very last episode where the contestant has to win because there's no way they're going to roll over that money to add to whoever wins the whole crown.
1: I mean, true. The
3: last episode before the crowning, the contestant has to win no matter
1: what to win that money. I mean, they could have pulled uh, the one with Morgan and made them both win. It's true.
0: But no, I. We'll, we'll come back to that here in a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. This one, definitely one-sided. Roxy was the winner no matter what.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
3: It was, I don't know, Roxy just looked like she was having such a good time up there.
1: Well, I mean, she literally got on the stage, and when, uh, when Rue was talking to her, she's like, "Uh, I'm here to make it clear. And I, like, I think at this point, it was just such an amazing, like, experience for her to not have all of that baggage from her first two seasons. Um, I will say this, though, it did give one of, what I ended up turning into a bit of a meme because when I got it off of Facebook, it was um it was only a photo with uh some text above it, so I screenshot it and, and cropped it together to make it meme like. Uh, but very much like uh what was it Kennedy and Milk? Where it was like oh, with okay. Grey Power Milk <laughs> the uh with Roxy Andrews to say with Grey Power jinx. <laughs> that was my favorite thing that came out of this episode. But Roxy wins and has to show the queen that was voted on by the rest of the girls. And that queen is Alexis Mateo, who says, love you all. Bam. Be your best, but be happy. Part ass. Oh, wait. AS5. (laughs) Listen, I saw it too. They, I mean, we all saw that it said ass, but AS5 at the same time. All right, dear listeners, we hope that you are enjoying this and all the other great podcast material that is coming into your ears. And if you are, head on over to playmonshow.com where you can scroll to the bottom and click on any of the social media checklists that are there. Go ahead and follow us and join us for a lovely journey in the social media universe. Playmon is listener funded entertainment. So if you would like to help keep us going and making these great podcasts for you, then why not head over to patreon.com forward slash flame on show where you can join at any of the four levels that we have for you there. We have great content that is up there and more new content is on its way. One more time. That is patreon.com forward slash flame on show. All right, dear listeners, we have finished the first of our two episodes that we're going to talk about. We are entering into the second. We also want to let you know that um, in a first for us here in the Flame On world, we are going to be uh, multitasking while doing this. So this this part of the episode will be very interesting. There is an online RuPaul's Drag Race trivia that is going to be starting up here very shortly. So just know that. And if we get a little weird about our conversations... No, you didn't fall into a coma and start having weird dreams. That's just our podcast. So, let us discuss the next episode, which is not the Makeover Challenge. I. It took me a while to realize that that's what... Gail's. Yes, <laughs> that they didn't do a Makeover Challenge. I was like, wait a minute. What's going on here? The, They've thrown out all the rules with this season of All-Stars. Maybe they should have kept some of them rules. But this challenge is the stand-up SmackDown. We have no mini-challenge again. And uh, after a quick discussion of lipstick votes, again, everybody except for Alexis voted for Alexis. And Alexis voted for Blair, which would have been my vote. But they enter the workroom the next day to get a message about haha's and chuckles. And RuPaul comes in to tell them they are going to do a stand-up set. But before they hit the runway to do this challenge, they are going to have some time with Ross Matthews and a mystery funny lady. Who we all know because she was in the tromos. And announced as a special guest judge for the day, but whatever. Uh, Jane Krakowski, just in case you were curious, that's who you the think, mystery funny lady was. you
0: think that was due to her not being available when they filmed that part of it? Because like they always bring them in. I thought maybe I'm no, bring no, no. They they I, don't always
1: bring them in the workroom, but they don't. They usually tell the girls who they're yeah. going to be working with. Yeah.
0: So that was odd. Like, I didn't understand the the,
1: the mystery,
0: really. It was like,
1: well... Maybe she wasn't feeling well, and they weren't sure. So they had a backup woman. Yes. Like, a backup female comedian to work with them in case Jane wasn't feeling well. Because we saw that the second day, or... Or, yeah, because they would have worked with her on the first day, and then the second day was the challenge and the runway. Yeah. Um, And she had lost her voice, so maybe it was something along those lines. I don't know. So maybe they did have a backup in place, just in case. Jane
3: Krakowski was patient zero. <gasps> oh!
1: <laughs> okay, so you say that. I've made jokes about Britta licking money and whatnot on season 12, and her being patient zero. But then... I don't, I know, Brian, I know you don't. Eric, I don't think you watch um, Ink Master. But now that we're sharing a a Philo account, (laughs) I was able to go back and watch the last two seasons. I think that's all I've missed. And this most recent season, I think I brought it up in one of our conversations because they do a live finale as well for their show, including live tattooing. And they for, um, they did away with the finale and crowning a winner and just went ahead and split the prize money because they felt it was going to be unfair to judge tattoos based off of photos and not seeing them in person. Um, but going back and watching the season, there was somebody that was coughing and felt weak and wasn't sure why and hadn't been sick before that. And all I could think of in my head was the Rona. The Rona was here during that season.
3: There during the filming of that season?
1: Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if it was the Rona, but the way that they were talking about like being um being sick and the fever and chills and the um the coughing and like all that, like it's all like your basic coronavirus symptoms. <laughs> and that all I could think of in my head was Oh, bitch, the Rona was in there. <laughs> Nothing know. would surprise me in this. It, it, it would not
0: surprise me at all if this actually predates, like, you know, that far.
1: Well, I mean, come on. It is COVID-19, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, isn't that the 19th version of this? Or yeah,
1: it, not, not Coronas 1 through 18. <laughs> well, I will tell you this. It took me a long time to realize what COVID meant.
0: Yeah, it's a weird acronym.
1: It is, because it's like two letters, four letters from one word, and then one letter from another word. And I'm just like, I don't under, but I, now I get it. For those of you out there who may not have gotten it, um, it's coronavirus discovered 19. That's COVID19.com. Ding. Sorry. <laughs> So, as the winner of the previous Maxi Challenge, Cracker has the task and privilege of setting up the order for the show. Would you want to set up the order of the show, Eric? Or is that just asking for trouble? I feel like it's asking for trouble.
3: I feel like the way Cracker did it, though, it was probably the best way to handle the situation. Because even if you were to very democratically go and ask each of the other individual girls, what spot do you want on the lineup? What spot do you want on the lineup? They could have all said the same thing, and you would have one or two people pissed off right here. Why not just piss everybody off?
1: You would have a Jada situation. That hadn't happened yet when they filmed this where when jada was like you know whatever she said she would want to go in the middle or whatnot and then uh was it jackie or whoever put her at the beginning or you know whatever yeah. the, the oh no she put her at the end i'm sorry that yeah. was what it was, it was yeah. yeah so i mean yeah it's never it's never a fun look when you've got to be the one to put the the show together unless you just say listen i'm i'm gonna do it this way and or you put them in alphabetical order or do whatever but i was kind of happy to for the first time to hear somebody just be like I'm gonna make it difficult. Like I want you to have a challenge. It's not I mean, RuPaul's the, best friend race.
3: The only way she could have possibly kind of whatever was to say, you know what? I know I want to go third. I don't care what the rest of you all do. Make it up yourselves. I just know I'm going third.
1: It you still would have come back to her to have to yeah. be like, you know, to make to make a decision at some point. But I mean. It it, it was what it was as far as that went. Like, just fucking do it. Like, no matter what, you're going to have to do this challenge. So, you know, they I I hate when they show them getting all like uppity and snippy about I didn't want to go second. I didn't want to go first. I didn't want to go last. Like, just fucking deal with it. Unless you have the power to put put yourself where you want to go. You're at the whim of somebody else no matter what.
3: And guess what? If you're funny, you're going to be funny. Exactly. If you have good material. It doesn't matter what position you go
1: in. Exactly. So they head to the runway to chat and go over their stuff with uh, their material. I'm sorry. They go to the runway to go over their material with Ross Matthews and funny lady Jane Krakowski. They, I don't think there was anything too like special about this. Like there was nothing really crazy aside from them really trying to build up. Uh, Blair being funny when she wasn't.
3: Well, they may have liked the piecemeal material that she had at that point in time, but then Blair just didn't know what to do with it. Like, they could have thought, oh, okay, the little pieces that you have are good, and you're going to do something with them to make it a kind of fluid thing. But then she totally lost everything.
1: I mean, Possibly. and even to some extent, like, the jokes that she told them were different and mm-hmm. were less pointed and less acerbic, I guess you could say. And when they show her doing her stand-up, it's a lot more, like, directed and pointed and, and kind of mean.
3: It was very pheromone yep. doing her roast of, what was that, Michelle. Is that that
1: season? Yes, because that was the Valentina season. And and she kept on saying, uh, Misselle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, so it's, it's not what we see is not necessarily what, uh, uh, Blair thought in her mind as far as, uh, how they were going to take to her set. Mm-hmm. So after they talk with Jane and Ross. It is time to get ready to bring it, bring it to the runway, runway, bring it to the runway. And they are going to do their stand-up comedy show. Ms. Jujubee comes out and is first. How did you enjoy Ms. Jujubee's comedy show? I think if they
3: showed us the entire five minutes or however long they performed, I think I would have liked it a lot more. And I think she probably got a lot more laughs than what they kind of played it off to be. Um, They kind of played it to where it was very kind of middle of the road. And I I mean, I I think it was tough
1: because she wasn't off book.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's a big thing to be carrying your notepad with you.
1: Um, Yeah, absolutely. Well, and we'll see later that it can be even worse.
3: But I've even watched some professional comics specials where they have their maybe notepad of notes or they've consulted their phone at a couple instances during their, like, hour-long set. But to have it for five minutes and be kind of constantly checking it, that's...
1: Well, and I mean, yeah, like, uh, case in point, the Rolodex of Hate Tour when with Bianca. Like, she legit had a Rolodex there with the cards of, like, the, the points, the bullet points. Where I think the I think the queens in this instance like had their jokes fully written out, yeah. where instead of just being bullet points of like, okay, let me make sure I hit this topic or let me like keep myself going this way. Um, I I thought it was okay, Brian. What did you think of Juju comedy?
0: I agree with Eric. It's probably a lot stronger than it looked because of the edit, but at the same time, you know having a notebook at all is a problem as we saw with Blair, as we'll talk about. Like, So, she should have memorized it or done something else that was creative like Bianca. Uh, but either way, I mean, she's just naturally funny. Juju's strength is her wit and her delivery. And I think in this challenge she was successful more than not.
1: I agree. Let's move on to Ms. Cracker. What did y'all think of her stand-up set? Are we, are we skipping Blair? I'm going to go back to her. Oh. Okay.
3: <laughs> um, I was like, that's not the order they went. Um,
1: I know, I couldn't remember the order. I just remember Juju Jujubee going first, and then I was like, oh, well, we'll just do this.
3: I thought Miss Cracker was great. Um, I think they tried to play it up in the rehearsal to a little too much that that her stuff wasn't working at all. Um, it is completely believable to me that Ms. Cracker is a mess in her head until she steps on the stage to perform and actually do the material. It was It was even the same way when I watched The Pit Stop with um, Bob and Monet. They were saying the same thing, that if you want to mess Miss Cracker up, go into the... Uh, um, oh, go backstage right before the show and just say, you sure about doing that? <laughs> and then she, she just comes back, what? What do you mean? Oh, nothing. And just leave. And then just, just let her boil in her head. And just, I can completely believe that Ms. Cracker second guesses herself the entire time until she is on stage performing. Um, so I really wasn't too worried about her being funny. And she was really good. I
0: thought, did anyone else have an opinion about her? I have no opinions. No. Um, <laughs> I think you're, uh, I don't know. Like she's strong. She obviously is really strong, but uh, I, I don't trust. This is the problem I have with reality TV. That's done this way. I don't trust what I'm seeing. And I know that the intent is to make it look heightened for what it was. So I can take that then to mean it was a really good performance that they edited to make look really good or even better or whatever. But I I don't know. I, I yeah, I liked it. It was good. I just uh I
3: guess I guess the reason I I trust the edit on her actual stand-up
0: performance
3: the most is because to me that is the closest she is the one who her show would be most like that. Yeah. Where I she see would that. actually get a mic and kind of do stand up for a little bit if she were putting on a one person show. Absolutely. Versus I'm I'm not saying Shay wouldn't tell some jokes, but I could see Cracker doing like a full like five minute set in between yeah. big numbers, you know? Versus kind of the rest of the other three.
1: For sure. So let's go to Blair Saint Clair. I was like, I think- maybe the prompt was blue, and then I remember Shay's look, and I was like, wait, because all three <laughs> of these girls wore blue during their their performance on the stand up part of it. But not Shay. What did y'all think about Blair? Hold on, let me turn let me turn the page. Saint Clair. <laughs> uh-
3: it's very obvious to see she has next to no experience, probably even running a night at a club. Because yeah. even if you have some experience MCing, I think you would get a feel for holding that mic and just talking to people and not being so into your notebook. Or even having the wherewithal to put the mic back on the stand while you're flipping pages or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She just looked so nervous when she was up there. And that did not help her execution mm-hmm. at all.
0: Well, <laughs> I agree with you. I think it, she she suffered. Like, in this case, I trust the edit, too. I think that uh, it, it was just bad. I mean, they, they definitely edited it. Like, you can tell the cuts in this in her case are just very sudden. and, and it's, But it heightened the fact that she struggled. She really didn't, know her material well enough, and uh, they they contrast that, of course, with her performance with Jane and Ross. So, you know, that whole thing. but yeah, It wasn't good. And
3: I, and I think probably something that she did when she was getting all her stuff ready, is she wrote a joke, or what she believed was a joke, and then wrote another joke, and then wrote another joke. So, there wasn't any kind of there probably weren't very good transitions. And obviously the number of times they showed her flipping pages and just that dead air. But I don't think there was probably a good through line through her entire material. So it was, it was hard stop. And then, okay, here's another joke. Did anybody
0: joke. get the joke? Cause she was kind of mean too, especially to the guests. Judge, like, what was that? the asshole joke was that like it was just so random and like what it wasn't I, funny and it just didn't make sense to me you know like it seemed juvenile you know compared to the rest I mean of I the guess
3: girl. she I guess she thought that she would just go for a roast angle and just try to roast everyone up there on the judging panel
1: which is fine but it's got to be funny and it's got to be um, Tongue in cheek versus just being rude, mm-hmm. which is the biggest part. Like, which is what people don't understand is that being shady or reading and roasting somebody, you can do it, and you can be mean, but you have to be. You have to be mean in such a way that it comes across as being nice about it. It's a very southern, you know, bless her, bless your heart. Like, you're reading somebody at that point, but it it sounds nicer than what the actual intent is.
3: Right. And to me, the the jab she kind of took at the guest judges, at least, well, I don't know hardly anything about Sam Richardson at all, to know who he is.
1: I only know him from Veep.
3: Yeah, I tried looking at his IMDb, and I saw he was in that, and then he was in the Detroiters, and there was something else, but I, I he, had not seen any of that.
1: He has a a, um, a new show. It's uh, like a comedy show with him and somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's most recent, but yeah, I know him from his like four seasons or or whatnot on on Veep. Gosh, gotcha. yeah. But yeah,
3: but then for me to just basically say, Jane Krakowski, you're old. (laughs) Like, all of her characters, especially her big ones that she's played lately, have all been such ditzes, and kind of their character trait was kind of dumb, driven, egotistical people. Why not kind of play into the dumb blonde angle on her where that could have been something that everyone would have been like, oh, haha, you know, recognizes her for versus just saying oh you're old.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can do an old joke, but you got to do it well. Yeah. You know, RuPaul's so old that her original drag name was Harriet Tubman. You know, like yeah. when Bob did that one, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, overall it was just it, it wasn't it wasn't good. And my biggest thing is I don't understand if you are writing your jokes down in a notebook and the Punchline is on another page. Why would you do that? Especially if you're gonna bring that notebook on stage with you, like put it all on the same page. That way you don't have to change it during the whole thing.
3: I think she could have actually played it as an act. Like I, I don't think she was trying to in any way. But I think there could have been an act that you could have played.
1: I just don't. No matter what, I don't think that that's a good like a. Even if it was an act, I don't think it's a good act.
3: <laughs> but at least it would have been something, you know? Like I'm I'm not saying it would have gone over well. I'm just saying there could have been a point of view to it.
1: Yeah, I I I don't know. I just think that overall it was it was not a good time. So let's talk about Shea Koolet and her comedy challenge spectacular. What did y'all think of Shay and her comedy?
3: Gorgeous dresses. Gorgeous.
1: Uh, <laughs> Beautiful gowns.
3: I kid, I kid, I kid. I kid, I kid.
1: Beautiful gowns.
3: <laughs> no, I thought she did well. I can both understand and be like, really, to the fact that Ross was kind of pushing her to talk about and joke about the whole Sasha thing. But if Shay had brought, if Shay hadn't, over the course of the season, probably brought it up multiple times to the judges that it was still a triggering event for her he probably wouldn't have pushed her to try and work through that trauma like that because that is what a lot of comedians do. They work through their trauma in their life through making it comedy material for them. Yeah. Um, So I understand what he was talking about. It's a way for her to heal and get past it. So I don't think he was wrong to do it, but kind of, you guys were saying with the last episode, if Sherp brings it up one more time. <laughs> <you know. laughs> but I think her jokes about it went over well. Um, I think this was another kind of, it was probably more good than bad. But the way they cut it, it was kind of a measured response from everybody. She didn't do amazing, but she didn't do bad. I liked her stuff.
1: I I thought it was enjoyable. I actually liked it a bit more than I think maybe Crackers. Um, I was kind of surprised it it wasn't. It was kind of so lopsided as far as the the way that the the critiquing went. Um, Brian, did you have anything in particular to say about Michelle Coulet? She was good. I really was
0: surprised again because of the edit and the way they did it, but also because. I mean, whether it was a performance or not, she really amped up the low expectations by being so overtly nervous. Um, but she killed it. She was great.
1: I I agree. So let's talk about the runway. We're going to bring it to the runway. And let's talk about their freak out looks. Let's start with Blair St. Clair. Do y'all have any opinions
3: on this? Cause so if you got the prompt for freak out, if, if all that was on the paper was Runway theme Freak Out, how would you interpret that? Because kind of, I don't know, I I think of that more like Club Kitty type thing, which multiple people in this did go with yes. versus trying to be like Halloween scary that kind of freak.
1: I would have dressed like Nile Rogers from Chic and just Bobbed my own head to freak out by Chic. That's how I would have done the <laughs> runway.
3: <laughs> Cause I mean, I kind of think Club Kitty, that, that's what I would go with, and I think that's the way that three of the four kind of read the prompt. And in that way I think that Blair's look was successful.
1: Yeah. Well Yeah, I I just don't like it. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I
3: mean I think it definitely could have been if she was going for Cheshire Cat, there was definitely more things she could have done to give off that illusion. Because that black and white polka dot material, that gives more Dalmatian. And then you're playing dog, cat, what's going on here? Um, and I did agree with a fashion photo review where they said when she took off that mask, she could, should have had that exact same mask painted on underneath it, oh. or, at, or at least the smile, the Cheshire Cat smile. I think that would have been really
1: cool. Okay, I, 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 if she had done that, I probably would have maybe enjoyed it a little more. I didn't even think of um, Cheshire Cat. That that weird harness and everything was just interesting yeah, the, to the me.
3: Big tail, it looked kind of Cheshire Cat, and I think she even said it in the voiceover.
1: Ah, like, okay. Really cool.
3: That that's what she was going
1: for. Let's talk about Juju B. You want to talk about. Oh, I'm sorry. That's vivacious walking the runway. Never <laughs> mind.
3: And I loved that Cracker called her vivacious in the workroom when they were deliberating, too.
1: That was fantastic.
3: I really liked this look a lot. Like, I didn't necessarily understand the chains, but I thought that's just kind of freaky and. The way everything was covered with the same fabrication, from the shoes to the chain itself, I thought it was a really successful look.
1: Yeah, and I love the mask, and I love the, the tears painted on her face and everything. I Honestly, I love this look, and I'm kind of mad that this didn't put her over the top to win this challenge.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was my favorite look on the runway, yeah, can we talk about how there? I think were two different people. Is it Blair and Juju that had masks? And I had a little bit of a COVID related like ah too soon.
3: Like <laughs> well, you know what? Right, at least Blair's did for me for sure because it was just that cloth kind of over the mouth and nose. Yeah, mask for some reason, Juju's though looked almost more like kind of a gimp mask. Or, or like, you know, when you go to, well, I say, like, when we would, but in movies, when they go to a speakeasy or, a, like, a private club, and they kind of just open that eye slit and say the password, you know, kind of thing. Uh, that's what it just kind of reminded me of off the bat there. But I love that one.
1: All right. So let's talk about Ms. Cracker's look. Foreshadowing 2020. <laughs> Months before it happens. I thought the Plague
3: Doctor thing was pretty awesome. I mean I kind of understand why the the head was like so large, but I I thought the first look was a lot better than the reveal that was under it.
1: I completely agree. I love the Plague Doctor look, but her death personified, it was nice. But I thought that for Freak Out, the Plague Doctor was much cooler.
3: Like, to me, if she could have somehow come up with, like, um,
1: A hybrid? If she wanted
3: to go that direction on freak out if she could have come up with some sort of, like, almost like her face had been transformed into a Plague Doctor mask and, like, some kind of silicone, like, um, Why can't I think of the words? But you know what I'm talking about. Like, they have her face transformed into... You're just letting me ramble now. Uh,
1: prosthetics? Yes. Okay. Uh,
3: <laughs> but, like use prosthetics to make her face look like a Plague Doctor
1: mask. Yeah. Oh I my god, that, that would have been amazing.
3: That would have looked so much cooler.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I I I liked it if it was something else, but that Plague Doctor I think was, was awesome. And when it came out I was like, Oh, that's so twenty twenty before twenty twenty happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love both outfits, so I think y'all are crazy. Uh the plague doctor then reveals death incarnate. I mean, it's maybe not freak out in the way that everyone else interpreted it, but that's such a weird, like, I mean, they hopefully give them a little more than just a two word or a sentence to go on for the theme that they're bringing, but.
1: It probably said something along the lines of, because I think they just get like um, the freakiest, like, uh, like the freakiest thing or like some sort of, it's usually a vague description, um, because a lot of times even what their prompt is in general isn't what Rue says on the runway. Uh, because I think one of them was like silver and gold, but then it was like when Rue said it on the runway, it was all that sparkles. So it, it sometimes gets a little weird. I I don't know. I I think I'm with Eric on if she had found found a way to morph the two of them. But I, I mean, either which way, I like the look. It wasn't exactly the same freak out, and I I think Jujube's outfit on the runway was still better, but, um, so moving on to Shea Coulee and her look. I like her harness better than Blair's. But I, I don't know. I didn't love this runway, so I can understand the runway in this case knocking her down as far as her comedy goes
3: because to me i think was it who who sang freak out was it sylvester or did you say it earlier chic because to me it i got the impression that she was almost like trying to look like somebody from that era you know like for for the song freak out that interpretation
0: Uh, i was getting some kind of anime looking sort of inspired thing with the um the, uh, the the bandage on the nose, and there was something else that was like anime. Anyway, I, I just assumed it was kind of this whole hodgepodge of these sort of futuristic-y manga or Japanese-style you know, club kid. That's what I was getting.
1: I, I definitely don't see this being something that would have put her over the top to win the challenge, so I can understand that. I still think B overall should have been the winner. Runway, I think her comedy wasn't so much below Cracker that it couldn't have toppled the the scales. Mm-hmm. And I would have liked to see Juju B get another win under her belt before the final episode. But yeah. you know. Yeah. But speaking of that, we are told that Cracker is the winner. They go back into the workroom and They deliberate in the oddest fashion ever where it's just very, like, there isn't a lot of actual, like, conversation between the girls. There's a lot more remorse conversation about them voting for who they were going to vote for. Because at that point, I guess they all kind of figured Blair just needed to go. (laughs) And this is the one thing I will say about this. I I can understand why they do it. But it always kind of makes me a little mad when these queens are in the untucked portion or or whatnot in these deliberations. And they say, I really want to be here. What other queen doesn't? Especially when you're the top four. Like, literally, they all should be saying that. And honestly, they should be saying that when they get the call to do all-stars. That they all want to win it. I mean, I get that they get beaten down. And some of the points that have been made by other people... Are that they see the writing on the wall and that's kind of why that, you know, they they make these decisions to eliminate themselves because they pretty much know that they're going home anyway. And I get that, whatever. But I mean, if you're choosing to come back and do all stars, then you want to win. So when it's Blair sitting there going, I really want to win. I really want to be here. No shit, Sherlock. Like that shouldn't even be a thing
3: as somebody who's become such a fan of survivor that the fact that none of these Queens try to play the game like survivor Mm -hmm. at all is almost a little disappointing. And I don't know if that's just because a, all of them like each other so much and generally enjoy each other and didn't want to fight that way. But I thought at some point in the season with these kind of everybody gets a vote rules, there would have been a contingent of people who did try to campaign or vote in a block, like in a more strategically than just to do kind of report card, or who could do the best. At some point in time, there would have been like at least one vote of the season where, like, a couple people teamed up on somebody else. And I don't know if that's just because maybe they're so afraid of coming off like a bitch because the the RuPaul fans yeah. in the online community can turn on people like that for seemingly such small things that they're afraid of pissing off the fan base. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I would like to see it played a little bit. More along those lines of the survivor lines, but you know we get what we get when they put them in a situation like this, and we see the backlash that comes when a fan favorite gets eliminated. Mm-hmm. But they return to the runway after casting their lipstick votes, and the final lip sync assassin of the season is Kennedy Davenport, the dancing diva of Texas. And they lip sync to Fancy by Reba McIntyre. The least dancey song alive. A fabulous song, but really?
3: It can be performed well in a lip-sync.
1: It can be, but one, you need to kind of see the whole thing, and it needs to be acted and emoted, where Kennedy, kind of like All-Stars 3, where she is twirling around Trixie, who's emoting a song, and she is like doing pirouettes and like these crazy like dances it, it, it didn't work for that song and it didn't work for this song and honestly i don't think cracker did a great job either it would have been it would have been funnier had um, ruPaul just said all right well listen somebody pick a lipstick but nobody's getting no money <laughs> but Cracker does come out the winner. Like you said, Eric, it is the final lip sync before the finale, and it would have been really odd if they didn't announce the winner to be the contestant who would get the money. And Blair St. Clair is sent packing and is now eliminated.
3: So I know people were sharing this, um, and it may have been Kennedy herself, that then it got shared other places. But there was an article... I don't remember who the article was from, but it had asked Queens about what their favorite and their least favorite songs were to lip sync. And Kennedy said that her least favorite song to lip sync to was Fancy because it had too many damn words. And I don't know if this article was written before or after the filming, but if it was, if it was written before, then I love the producers for picking it because it was kind of a slight to her, or B, I like that she was just keeping it real enough to say, I hated doing that goddamn lip sync, and I'm scared of what the producers are going to show. <laughs> but after after the episode aired, I did see she had posted on Twitter, thank you for not making me look like a complete mess, or making me look <laughs> good, or something like that. And so, I mean, it didn't seem like she was too upset after the fact.
1: Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's not like she was competing for anything. So, you know, there's a lot less to lose in that respect. So we have our top three. We've got B, we've got Ms. Cracker, and we've got Shay Coule. The final episode will be entitled Clap Back, where the three finalists will write, record, and perform a verse on Rue's new single, Clap Back. I love how they went from like 412 verses and choruses and whatnot in the beginning of the season to only having three with the top three. But we will see who is inducted into the Drag Race Hall of Fame. Eric, who do you want to see inducted into the Drag Race Hall of Fame?
3: Based on these final three and the way the season has gone, my heart is for Juju. It's, it's weird because I think all three have shown that they are, are valid of winning the crown. I think the season was kind of built for Shay to come back and win the crown. And I would say that Shay has done a lot of good work to have her deserve the crown. But Miss Cracker has the most wins on the season. Right or is she tied with Shay?
1: I think uh, Cracker has the most wins. I think she has three. Shay has two.
3: But Juju's just given the best TV of the whole season. Granted, yeah. the producers, I mean the judges, aren't looking at the confessionals or anything like that when picking a winner. But to me, Juju's the winner
0: of the season.
1: Yeah. I I, I get you, Brian. Who do you want to win?
0: I think I would go with. Oh, see, it's really tough because I want Juju to win so bad. Um, I would be okay with honestly, I would be okay with all three of them. They're all solid performers. Shea is the like obvious choice in this case. Um, maybe they do a tie like they did last uh, All Stars. Probably not, but maybe. Um, God, it's just so tough. These are the top three I would have wanted from the beginning. Um, so, yeah, I'm really curious to see how they go. Uh, but yeah, I guess if I had to commit to one, I would say Juju.
1: I agree. After watching her on this season, I think Juju deserves it. I think she deserves to be top two. I think she deserves to win. I think she does not deserve to be third place <laughs> this time around. <laughs> I do think that Shay is going to be crowned the winner of All-Stars 5 and be inducted into the Hall of Fame. But I really, w- and I would be fine with that. I would absolutely be fine with that. Um, But there is a little part of me that really wants to see Juju be take the crown finally. So with that, dear listeners, we are one episode away from finding out who will be crowned the winner and enter the Drag Race Hall of Fame. We will be back next week. We'll have a double episode coming out, not just our microsode, but we'll have a recap coming out to talk about the finale. We thank you for joining us. For all of this pod, thank God for all this pod. And until then, dear listeners, bye. Bye.
2: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.